Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Hashtag Speak Up Thursday with Love Music Hate Racism on SohoRadioLondon.com. That first track was uh, sung by Renato Paris, a collaboration with Duke Hugh. Duke Hugh is a, in the Netherlands. Renato Paris, you probably know if you are into London music, particularly the new London jazz scene. The track was called Common Ground. I uh, put that in there because it was recorded last week at the Park Studios in London, and we just released a video of it yesterday on all of the Love Music, Hate Racism channels. If you're paying attention, you'll notice we're putting out a song every day uh, in support of UN Anti-Racism Day, this campaign called the Hashtag Beautiful Resistance. We are promoting a lot of independent and grassroots artists who have kindly donated their their time uh, to perform... Uh, for this campaign to show solidarity with our sister organization, Stand Up to Racism. Uh, th- today's show is a little bit more on the activism side. As you'll know, you know, this is the 20th one. I've had 19 guests, and pretty much every single guest um, has been a musician, except for Wayman Bennett when we did a special around the... Um, we did a special around their international conference that they hold once a year. Well, March 20th and uh, March 21st, this is UN Anti-Racism. Day, which happens once a year, and Stand Up to Racism always does a massive campaign around it. So I thought, who uh, who should I speak to today? And when I reached out to some of my fellow activist friends here in London, they said, you must speak to Sophia Rana because she would be perfect for, for to have a conversation around anti-racism, and she's going to give you some really interesting music. And I have to say, if you're a listening, listener of the show, you know that apart from the first episode, I don't program the music. Maybe I'll put a song in at the top like I did just now, but the mu- music is always programmed by the guest. And Sophia sent me a playlist uh, yesterday, and I, I looked at it, and I didn't know any... I, I knew the the hip-hop that you're going to hear later, but I didn't know any of the other stuff. So it's very exciting to get into the music and to speak to this inspiring person all the way phoning in from Oslo, uh, Norway. Please help me welcome Sophia Rana. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. It's good to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining <coughs> us. Um, I have to say, um, you you came highly recommended from shout out Zach at Love Music Hey Racism and Wayman. They they speak very kindly of you, very highly of you. And they say get Sophia on the show, and so so it, it must be said. Um, am <laughs> that's I right? The, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no pressure. I'm sure there's uh, well look. Knowing the little bit I do about you, I think you have a lot more pressure in your life than, than this this radio show. Um, I, am I right in, in, in knowing that you are a Oslo city councillor? Uh, yes, that is correct. I'm a city councillor in Oslo. I'm in the city planning committee for um, um, the Red Party, which is like the most radical left socialist party you'll find uh, within the system of what's accepted within the politic, uh, political life in Norway. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. 
Well, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack there. So I imagine you were you were definitely an activist before you got into um, you know being elected to to city council. So how, what what was that journey like? At what, at what point did you decide I'm, I'm going to run for for an office? Um, how far back should I go? It's uh, my political activism or interest started with the anti-war and uh, and the peace movement. And when I was a child, uh, news were always on uh, in my house and my parents, they would discuss things all the time. And um, when I was in uh, primary school, there was the first Iraq war and that really opened my eyes a little bit. I didn't really get completely into it, but it was, I, I would listen to my parents discuss and um, that waking up my interest for it and um as have you have you lived sorry to interrupt have you lived your whole life in in norway yes i'm born and raised my parents are pakistani they came from pakistan in the 70s yeah so uh and after that i paid attention to politics all the time especially international politics and uh, anti-war and uh after 9 11 something really shifted and uh, being having a Muslim background, being a Muslim kid growing up. Well, I wasn't a kid when 9-11 happened. I was in my late teens, but um, that also made an impact. And then the Iraq war, and then I, I was living in Seville. I was a student in Spain during that war. And I would join the big marches there. And then Libya happened. And also what, what really drove me was that I have worked as an air hostess since 2006. And our working conditions were okay when I started, but I would listen to the people who had worked there for a long time. And they said that, oh, it was even better before. So I joined the union, I became a union representative. And when you're a union representative, you talk to the left side, you talk to like the Labour Party and the Socialist Left and the Red Party. And um, so I joined the Red Party and then I just started getting more and more active and I started debating, writing things in newspapers. And and then I decided to run for, uh, I decided to do an election in 2019 for local elections. And okay. then I got elected in. <laughs> so yeah, that's well, a very well, short version. <laughs> that's all right. Well, well, well done getting elected. Um, it's Thanks. it seems uh, it seems like one must be very very driven to get elected. Uh, when you, at at the beginning of that, you said you know I'm I'm you know far left as far left as one could be within the Norwegian uh, system. I, I I don't really know what that means when it comes because I don't know Norway Norwegian politics, you know. And and when you I grew up in the states, and when you said when you were just talking about being a late teen and Iraq happening, that's like exactly what 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 I was. Um, it was mm-hmm. just before just before I could say so the first election I was old enough to vote in was when Bush ran against Kerry, yeah. and and the you know I was actually at Arizona State University, and they did a debate on campus. I remember. CNN and Fox and everybody was out on campus. It was like a shit show of protest and and arguing and all that. And I, and I do I'll always remember it. It was at, you know, um, and Iraq was the, was the, was the conversation. Um, not to go off in in down that rabbit hole, but the reason I say it is is, you know, you talk about he talked about getting to the point of two now two thousand nineteen and and getting elected. When you say I'm, I'm, we're like the radical left within the Norwegian political system, you know, what, 
what does that mean? Like, what are the barriers of the Norwegian political system? Because I could talk to you about some of the barriers in, in the States and maybe the UK, but I, I don't know what that means in Norway. Mm. Yeah, because in the UK and the US, you have like, uh, it's not exactly, well, it is a two-party system. And you have like 50% of the votes are for either the Republicans or the Democrats. Uh, here we have a coalition government, coalition system. So there are a lot of different parties. And uh, uh, on the government side, uh, the, uh, the parliament side, there's a conservative government right now um, uh, who are in coalition with uh, something called, <laughs> ironically called left, but they're not left. They're yeah. what you would call liberalists if that makes sense sounds uh, similar the, to I, france in yeah. a way yeah maybe yeah and and the christian democrats uh they used to be in coalition with uh, what we call the right-wingers it's uh, called the progress party ironically they're not very progressive they're mm. kind of racist not kind of full-out <laughs> racist so but they left government last year so we have elections coming up again now uh, this fall so um we're hoping for a government change. So, um, yeah, we're hoping for social democratic in uh, cooperations with other parties leaning more to the left from the social democrats. Okay. Well, I, good luck. I, ho I hope <laughs> you get it. Um, good luck with the campaigning. We're going to get uh, a little bit deeper into anti-racism and in, in in politics, but I just... I could feel this interview. I'm going to be so I'm so interested in what you have to say. We could just talk, and then the music doesn't happen. So, why don't you mm -hmm. talk? To, uh, the first the first two songs we're going to play here. Um, uh, there's a song by Joan Safadi called "Super White Man" and a song by Eddie Grant called "Gimmeo Joanna." You want to talk to me about what these these are about? Oh yeah, uh, Joan Safad. He's a Palestinian. Um... I don't really know that much about him personally, but I just appreciate the lyrics. They're really, really good. And you have like the Palestinian struggle combined with uh, anti-imperialism and the impact like the British had on uh, on the region in the Middle East and how they, am I, am I allowed to swear? So as much as you want. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, how much they fucked around in the Middle East and how why the Middle East is what it is today. It's uh, not only, but in, in large part because of the actions of the colonizers. So uh, he, I think he describes it well in the lyrics how, yeah, they basically solved their own problems by creating one for, for the Palestinians. And the other song was Give Me Hope, Joanna. Yeah, that's an anti-apartheid song. It was written in 1988 when it was really burning up in South Africa. And I picked that song because um, Nelson Mandela was released from prison and won the Nobel Prize and uh, became the first uh, democratically. No, was it the first democratic? They, pro they probably had a democratic system before, but only for white people. But mm. he was elected as the first uh, black president in South Africa. When he won the Nobel Prize, he visited Norway. So uh, yeah, Norwegians, yeah. they have kind of a, not just Norwegians, but it was really special when he visited our, our mm. city, yeah. So 
So those two, two those two songs that you just heard uh, were very relevant to the struggle in Palestine as well as um, an ode to the apartheid, which is kind of timely because we're we're two days from now is UN Anti Racism Day. There's a massive international uh, campaign that Stand Up to Racism in the UK is leading. Um, and is, is am I right? You uh, you know you probably know more than me. Am I right in in thinking that UN Anti Racism Day started uh, as as a ode to the apartheid ending? Uh, no, I don't think it was a note to the apartheid ending. It was right. something that happened in the, if I'm not mistaken, Sorry. it was the 60s. Uh, it was the Sharpeville massacre where uh, black people in uh, South Africa, I think it was Johannesburg, they would protest uh, that there was a law that black people had to carry their IDs I, all the time. I think I misworded it. I, mean, I know I misworded it. This was, there was, it was recognized violence in the apartheid where yes. the, the, the the event where the police opened fire and killed like 69 people exactly. at, the, at that demonstration. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, around, just before we speak about Palestine, UN Anti-Racism Day in Norway, what, what what's happening? Um, what's happening? Or is there going to be some demonstrations? Oh, they're not going to be any demonstrations because uh, lockdown is really strict here right now. So, uh, most of uh, what's happening is uh, online and that's a lot of things happening a lot of debates discussions and campaigns and things like that but uh, we wish we could have been on the street but we had to the only ones who are uh, gathering in the streets now are people who are protesting covid and uh, people who claim that covid is a hoax oh god that's uh, that's there as well yeah it's here as well and it's a nice mix of uh vegan yoga loving vegans and uh right wingers so it's not something that's bizarre see this is bizarre (laughs) this is like a whole nother podcast like how 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 can that how can they come together on on this kind of thing it's just it's just madness that's madness so yeah it's only the it's only the crazy ones out right now and we don't want to be associated with that so well it's kind of a lift off uh, from there is is um you know like i it it's i i can't really comprehend um that as as an alliance right uh but speaking of of things that travel and and movements um international movements i think there there is a, a real importance in developing an international anti-racist movement um as we saw and steve bannon almost i mean he was very successful and then he he galvanized like a pretty strong far-right movement across europe after the election of donald trump and i was wondering your thoughts um about about you know building an international anti-racist movement uh, connecting the dots between Europe and the United States and the global South, and if you see any inspiring things happening. Oh yeah, I see it with uh, with uh, um, um, this uh, organization. Uh, well, I see it with Love Music Hate Racism first of all, and also World Against Racism, which is uh, the international network I know. And there's also organizations who are more um, work on human rights, for example. And um, I think if Steve Bannon could do it, then definitely we can do it as well. But um, I think maybe the right wing, uh, the, the impact he had 
I I hope I hope it has died down a little yeah. after uh, after uh, uh, Trump lost the election. So uh, here in Norway, for example, um, as I the Progress Party, which I mentioned before, they're really doing poorly and they're really desperate and they're in the media and like trying to put people up against each other. They're blaming immigrants for the spread of COVID and they're being really populistic and it's not helping. I, it has used, yeah, it has used to help before. I mean, it has been their thing before. That's what they do. And people, I don't know, it, it, it worked back in the past, but this time I'm hoping, I'm hoping it will continue, but this time it's not, uh, they're not succeeding as well as they have before. Okay. We're going to play a couple of, when I, I, listen to these tunes um earlier when you sent them through and i have to say i love a little bit of punk i love a bit of electric guitars and, and shouty stuff that's kind of my lane a lot, a lot of times so do you want to talk to me a little bit about um how, why you threw these songs in here the first song is called bandiera rosa and the second mm-hmm. call, song is called free palestine palestine palestania am i saying that palestine, right palestine no that's palestine in the region palestine Palestina, okay, not yeah. Palestine, okay. Yeah. Do, you want, do, do, do you want do you want to talk to me about the these these songs and what they mean to you? Yeah, uh, I picked the one uh, the Bandiera Rosa is a really famous like socialist communist song. Uh, it's Italian. Uh, I picked this one because, well, uh, I don't really know how to pronounce the name of the band. It's really embarrassing, <laughs> but I listened to the song so many times. And they're a punk rock band from uh, Slovenia, Slovenia, and they were active in the late 1970s and in the 80s. And they did provocative political songs, and I really like their version because uh, it's it rocks, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah, I, I like it. And the other one, Barna, uh, which is um, it's translated to the Honey Children. I'm. It's I, they probably have that name ironically, but it's a really cool, cool version of uh, uh, a different pal- a free Palestine anthem. And it's a punk rock band from uh, the south of Norway. And um, what's cool about them is that they sing in their own dialect. They have a different dialect in the south. Um, and that's rare. So, mm. yeah, I listen to them a lot as well. That last song was called Free Palestina. And I actually, I would really love to talk to you about, um, briefly about the, well, about Palestine, because I, I feel like, you know, as an American person and as somebody who lives in the UK, I don't really get a good, um, I don't really get a good conversation around it. I feel like it's, it's very, very one-sided and, you know, and I have... I've played some music and have some close friends from Israel and they talk about how the, like a lot of their Israeli friends don't even see it as an occupation. And, and when you look in the news, you look at the way the headlines are about anything happening in the region. You look at just, it's all very, very, very one-sided. And I look at what's happening in the U.S. I mean, Dr. Cornel West just left Harvard and you've got a lot of, pro- a lot of progressives that um, any time they speak about anything Israel Palestine it's just like instant you know you want to talk about cancel that's that's like where you, that's where you get canceled you know look at Jeremy Corbyn i mean the, this this guy was was painted as an anti semite i still not sure why so 
as somebody who who doesn't even really know where to get like good information about the region apart from maybe the intercept or something like that mm-hmm. um what what how would you like to see the conversation get um shift to something a bit more realistic to, to what's actually happening there I think that's the heaviest question anyone's ever asked me. If I if I had the <laughs> answer for that, <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's uh, I agree with everything else you said, uh, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, they had the Oslo Accords in '93, which didn't work, and they had they had so many peace processes, which obviously haven't worked. And uh, I have Israeli friends who uh, do see it as an occupation, and yeah. Uh, yeah and and and, uh, and so and so do i you know but i'm, I'm just I'm, and so, sorry to cut in but it's just like if i if i talk to it feels like if, if you talk to anybody who's not like really deep uh mm-hmm. on the sub subject which is why i'm asking you it's just yeah. it, it just turns into ah oh, both sides you know like what it just like don't talk about that <laughs> you know there, there's, yeah. it doesn't seem like there's an honest conversation happening sorry yeah, no, no, that's fine. It's when you look at it, it's one side has like uh, the fifth most powerful military in the world, if I'm not sure. I think, well, one of the most powerful militaries in the world, and the other side don't have their basic human rights covered. And uh, you see the death, death tolls on one side versus the other side. And, and that's not like that's not to justify the deaths of the Israelis at all. Mm. But I think the most powerful side sits with the most responsibility. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always mm. take side with the underdog, even when it comes to not just Israel, Palestine, but also when it comes to Kashmir and India, for example, and mm-hmm. uh, the Kurdish struggle and. Mm-hmm. When you have one side who have had so many civilian casualties, I think that's pretty telling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and and also what you said about um, being, uh, you said about being an American and having this conversation, I think it's, it's easier in Europe, definitely easier in Europe to um, be a pro-Palestinian activist. Um, mm-hmm. But did Cornell West leave Harvard because of uh, his uh, statement? The statement. I I, I, I need to dig deeper on this, but he. There was also a journalist who had to leave um, MSNBC because he he said something about it. And there's a lot of people talking about the progressive left in the states and just saying, well, the progressive left is is progressive mm-hmm. until you get to talking about Israel Palestine. And, but Cornell West has has consistently he consistently speaks out about mm. uh, what, what's what's happening in Gaza, and he has said, um, I haven't gone too deep into it, but I know mm-hmm. that that is the issue that Harvard w- was trying to basically get him to tone it down. And he says, no, oh. I'm not, you, you know, I'm not mm. going to do that because, you know, you, you, you see, if you, li- if you listen to him speak, he, he even, yeah. he even re- refers to president, you know, he refers to Trump as brother Trump. He, everything, everybody is brother or sister. He's like over, uh, he talks about, he talks about unconditional love and like, and just like trying to extend, you know, love to every 
human. And he's like, and I, and I won't, I won't, you know, stop at the Palestinians. Those are my brothers and, and sisters mm. fighting for the freedom as well. I, I find doc, anybody listening, I find Dr. Cornel West very inspiring. Yeah, I, I, you know. I followed him for a really long time, actually. Uh, uh, I've listened, I used to watch him on talk shows all the time. And he was on Bill Maher one time. And uh, Bill Maher is not my favorite at all. No, no, no. Because, no. <laughs> because no, no, Cornel no, yeah. West was there uh, with Mo Steph and... Uh, and who was uh, Christopher Hitchens, who uh, passed away? He was there, and they were really having a. That was an interesting conversation, but that's uh, I think that was twelve years ago or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, Cornell is Cornell was his good brother West. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so we're we're talking we're talking uh, we're talking a little bit USA now, and mm-hmm. you and you put in four. You know, you didn't you didn't have a huge playlist put in because the show is limited to time, and you put in four hip-hop tracks from the u.s uh, well i would i would class gil scott heron as as hip-hop gil scott heron i mean you could say that he's one of the founders of it but it's more you know people would probably consider him a poet but you put in you put in gil scott heron you put in tupac you put public enemy you put in nwa and it what it what it said to me is it is it it says something like the other tracks just just how music travels and i'm always fascinated that tracks like this kind of slam in places like Norway with, with people like you. And, you know, I've, I imagine that you, you're discovering public enemy when they're, when they're coming out. Um, so I guess my question to you is, do you seek out like kind of music that, that is, has an activist stance or, d- or like for this music or did the music itself just like make your head bob and you like got into it first as music? Does that make sense? Uh, it's all of it actually it's uh the tracks i picked were kind of um i thought okay i'll pick something that these people know and uh which are against the establishment against the system and uh i picked nwa um because it resonates with it still kind of resonates even if it was uh, written after um uh what was that name uh, no not larry king sorry Rodney King, Rodney King mm-hmm. was after that trial, and it's still it's still valid. It's still you can still use that song, and it's uh, we in Norway we had um, a black man who was killed by the police in two thousand six. It's happened in Paris. It's happened in and and you had obviously you had George Floyd um, last year. So it's still it's it's an it's a timeless track. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying unfortunately because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no lesson learned or anything, but yeah, it's still it's a good track um, and Public Enemy as well. It's uh, timeless music and Tupac I picked because uh, it's uh, I just introduced. Uh, well, my nephew just started listening to Tupac and he's 10. So I'm uh, trying not to get him to listen to the, the more explicit tracks. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I made him like this one. So I started listening to it again. And it's a really good, if you listen to the lyrics, it's uh, it's timeless as well. Yeah. It's like we're standing still. I, I, I find it kind of amazing that those 10-year-old Norwegian people listening to Tupac, it's it's incredible. I mean, that's the well, power he, of music. He, it's it's yeah, amazing. He, he loves hip-hop. He loves hip-hop. Yeah. But I'm really, I'm feeling... I am now understanding what my parents were saying to me when I started listening to when I started listening to Dr. Dre, and they were like, "Okay, what is this music?" And so I, I understand them now, but but um, it didn't mess me up, so it's probably not going to mess my nephew up. <laughs> Thank you. 
Just a recap, you've been listening to the 20th episode of Hashtag Speak Up Thursday on SohoRadioLondon.com. Um, do check out Stand Up to Racism. Follow, up st- to, uh, follow Stand Up to Racism on all your social media platforms. This Saturday, the 20th, there's a lot of um, a lot of talks and forums and events happening online, and they're promoting all of them, and that's where you go to get all that information is Stand Up to Racism co.uk or stand up to racism any of their social media stuff there's a ton of information and things that you can sign up for all good stuff and it's celebrating uh un anti-racism day also follow the hashtag beautiful resistance we're putting love music hate racism is putting out loads of uh india indian grassroots artists performing a song for us and we're really grateful to all of them thank you for getting involved uh so my um, my illustrious guest today, I, I'm happy that we touched base and I hope to have her on in the future or at least sit down and have a cup of tea and talk about this stuff more in depth because she's a wealth of knowledge and, and, and it's, it's been great to have her on. Last, last little talk here um, before we play out with music, play out the music. Um, the last song you're going to hear today is called Do You Hear the People, Do you hear the People Sing? And before that, you're going to hear a song by Anna T. Joe called Antifa Dance. So, last question is, can you make sense of the idiotic conversation going on around Antifa that's happening in my country and abroad? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what does Antifa mean to you? Because I, oh. I, the, the, the conversations I see and hear are so far away from anything that resembles anything true. So what does Antifa mean to you and and what are people getting wrong? Um, what people are getting getting wrong is uh, especially in the US but some to an extent here as well they have really I don't know they they, they just swallow the narrative that comes from the US and they blame us on the left side for like uh, uh, for adopting uh, cancel culture here in Norway but they're they're doing the same thing when it comes to uh, well, I don't like saying Antifa, it's Antifa, but okay. okay. Uh, but the, the first misconception is that it's like uh, two opposites. Well, they're opposites, obviously, but it's not the same, like Trump said, good people on uh, bad people on the both sides. It's not, it's not. One is fascist, the other is anti. That makes complete sense to me that you're supposed to be on the anti side. Hmm. There's no... Yeah, well, there can probably be a common ground, but I'm not there. I'm call myself an anti-fascist with pride. Brilliant. So I, th- yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> it's it's silly, but I think a lot of people don't know that the fa is are the, is the first two letters of fascist, and and yeah. I think uh, uh, you know um, anti fa uh, anti the real are the real fascists. That's like okay, it's anti before. How can you how why how does that even make sense? It's, yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Um, well, thank you for, for closing it out with that. Uh, I look forward to speaking again. Thank you for coming on the show, sharing the music, and good luck with um, all that you have to do as a city council. Uh, say, and, and, and so you got to get reelected soon, is that right? Oh, uh, no. Uh, uh, what I, uh, I ran for local elections in Oslo. This is like uh, uh, the parliamentary elections. Okay. So, yeah, but I'm running for that as well. But 
it's a kind of difficult system to explain and we probably don't have time for it but i'm doing the campaign on behalf of my party so yeah it's gonna brilliant be fun. well good yeah. luck i hope you i hope you see success and um and i will talk to you next time i talk to you thank you so much for coming on sophia thank you thank you for having me Somos los patis pelados, los coma, los rotos, los chulos y quemados. Somos los chulos morenos, los chicos sin pelo en la lengua y ya está.